Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. Uh, today, I've got the pleasure to be talking to good mate um, and head coach from Run to PB, Zach and Newman. Uh, thanks for jumping on the show. Great to be on again, Dana. Yeah, always good to have a chat about running and, and all things. Uh, yeah, well, I, mean, I, I know when we've traditionally had chats, we've gone down some rabbit holes and I'm uh, looking forward to this topic. Yeah, today's topic... Um, I've, I've come up with it and, and I've sort of roped you in. Um, I wanted to talk about culture and the importance of culture in a successful running group and, and how it can help performance and it can really make it a, a really enjoyable experience. Uh, I wanted to start off the chat, Zaka, with when you look back on your... Oh, well, we'll, we'll de- define culture by just, um, I guess reflecting on times in our running career so far like when you look back on moments and groups that you've been a part of like when the when you say the word culture like what what groups were you a part of that you really can sort of feel like there was great culture and and you felt like it was um really pivotal to the success success of the team yeah, man, I know when, yeah, when you, when you um, accosted me to jump on this podcast and I was, I was really happy to do it. And uh, you, you sort of mentioned a couple of books you were reading and I was like, oh, mate, I'm on the same page. I'm reading a really good book about culture. And I think, you know, for me now in a coaching role and, and I've run with so many groups, yeah, it's, and also owning a business, it's kind of like um, this is an area, yeah, with, I guess leadership and culture is something that's um, yeah, something I've probably traditionally was involved in but didn't know at the time so reading about it, it's like oh well that's that's actually you know culture we really did have a good culture there and if i reflect back at some of those running groups um i don't even look back at um when i first started running back in the day uh, back when i was 16 17 at, at ringwood athletics club and i was new into the sport and you know i, I was playing cricket at the time playing some team sports but then running um, to join a running group, yeah, and it was it was quite a mishmash of different uh, backgrounds, and I was, you know, I didn't even really know what a warm up was, and I didn't, and I, we had a coach that you know took us through all that, um, guided us into the AV scene, and yeah, built that culture around what running was and how you train. We went up to Fernie for the first time and we were growing up, you know, we were just, um, you know, I remember driving there with my dad on the L's and then, you know, <laughs> I stayed there and, um, 
you know, train through that group. And I guess there's, yeah, that group we grew up together, um, you know, but when I left, you know, I was driving there by myself, but we'd gone through obviously school together and, and that was all part of it. Like we, it wasn't just the running, we actually got together and, and there was a culture built. But back, I guess, to your question, um, yeah, like for me it was the values and the attitudes that we all had. It was a common goal. Um, yep. But we had relationships like on and off the track and, you know, the coach there at Ringwood, we would have a monthly dinner and, you know, we'd all go there and like, you know, we were all studying different things. So we were talking about that or, you know, we were, we were obsessed with running, but yep. we also had other things outside of it. And I think that's what brought it together. And I guess there's that sort of rituals that we, and I know in this, this book I've been reading about the All Blacks, they talk about the rituals and you've seen the Harker, you've seen those things. That was really what formed, you know, the, the All Blacks culture. But yeah, on my, yeah, that running group particularly had a, a really good culture. I, I think, uh, And then um, later in my career I had another one, but yeah. Yeah, well, um, uh, before we jump onto that one, um, I reckon, so I've just read a, a book called Culture Code by Dan Coyle, and he, uh, over four years, uh, went to uh, and spent some time at uh, successful teams and outfits uh, throughout the world that displayed good culture. So he spent time at the San, San Antonio Spurs, um, spent time with Dan Myers, who um, had all these successful restaurant chains like Shake Shack and um, mm. spent time at Pixar. And he, he just observed and, and came up with like what he thought were some common threads. And when he was at San Antonio Spurs, the coach there uh, often used food and drink and, and getting the whole team out um, to cafes and restaurants um, uh, as a way to, for the team to bond and get to know each other um and uh yeah to authentically sort of feel part of something as a team and i know like we've experienced the same sort of idea even with um how how we got to know each other really well um through group group um runs at fernie and then after that um and and sharing builds for marathons and and then going to Callista tea rooms and um having like bowls of uh coffee and hot chocolate and um just like uh, debriefing and, and sharing the journey um, together. And uh, I don't know, there's just that energy and that vibe that you got after those um, those uh, brunches when you're driving home and you're just excited about everything and you're excited about the running. Like there's this almost magic in the room um, and you feel it like, and that's what culture is. It's that, um, yeah, it's almost... Um, yeah, you just feel like you're belonging to like this, um, uh, yeah, like this group uh, and this team, and and they get you, and and they and you get them. Um, and it's almost, you know, when you meet someone and you just um, mm. you feel like you don't even have to say much, and you, they just get you. Like, um, mm. yeah, it's, no, hundred yeah. percent. I know those years we we built in the late, probably talking late two thousands, probably was a um, no. 
early, like 2015, 2016 on, onwards, really, around that period when we, we built the marathon. And we were in different groups, but we were, we were doing those those builds on a Sunday together. And, and yeah, we just got each other. And like, even now, like we probably don't catch up anywhere near as much as we do. But when we do, it's like we, we haven't, it's like we would have seen each other every week. And yeah. that's so true about a cult. Like you can feel it in groups and, um, it just reverberates around, like you just getting. And I remember getting up to feeling like I was excited to drive up there, and then you knew that the group was just there was going to be constant chat, constant banter, finish off. We, you know, and there was some there was some serious chats and then non so serious chats. Like you felt vulnerable, like you could just say anything and talk to everyone, and um, that is a big thing. And and in, you know, seeing it now, like actually reading a bit more about you know that role of humility plays in culture. You, okay that makes sense now like yeah um, yeah yeah exactly like like for example you always um give me shit about like uh, my various like um i don't you know some some marathons where i've like forgotten my watch or or forgotten my singlet or um uh brought a yogurt maker to japan or (laughs) or like bought like an eight dollar orange with a straw in it and 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 like I admit, they were shocking decisions <laughs> when I reflect. But it's those kind of things that, you, if you can laugh at them, and you, you uh, th- that person is vulnerable and goes, "Oh yeah, that was that was pretty average, wasn't it?" But then, and that that makes the other person kind of feel like they um, are safe, and and they mm. in that in that company of that person, and they let their guard down, and and they just you know also become a bit more vulnerable and share share something uh, more truthful um, side of themselves. And then that, that makes the relationship between the two people um, a bit more real and um, authentic and, and, and stronger. Um, and yeah. it's that kind of bond that um, creates that team cohesion and team spirit and energy um, that is often untalked about in the, the context of I don't know this is a running podcast, so running training, um, uh, mm. but and, and um, an overall team performance. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I, I I think about the amount of running I've done with various groups and training partners, and like I, you know, I'm fortunate that I have been. Cause there is a lot of people, you know, in remote locations, and I see that from. Um, from coaching online that you don't always have access to, to groups of like-minded people at your pace that you can go for runs. But I've been fortunate enough um, that I have had a lot of people along the journey and it's kept me so invigorated with the sport and, you know, having different people from uh, different walks of life to, to get involved with running, but also, yeah, learn about them on and off the track. And I think that sort of, that has been a really big part of my running. Um, I was just going to say about like, cause I'm, I've, you know, I've been in working in, in, um, in business and corporate for 20 plus years now. And like, you get a lot of this, I know we're talking running, but you get this in, um, businesses and, and, and they, it's almost a buzzword that, you know, or, or it's definitely a buzzword or almost, I'd say it's alongside this word of community. And we'll probably chat about that a bit later because run to pv is bigger on community. And I know a lot of people throw that word around community and culture. And, but I, I see it in in corporate and I've been a part of it where you get in, you do workshops, you put up, um, you know, photos with an <laughs> inspirational quote and, and you establish these values. But 
I've got to say, you know, in some workplaces, it, it, it's different. When you actually try to force it, it's, you know, you can put it up there, but are you actually living them? And you, you can, I can tell you, you know, facts there is that stuff, it's got to really come with from within and it's, it really can't be forced and it takes time. And I see it in running. So I can look at it in running and go, that's what culture is. But I can see other people who try to force it and go, yeah, that's that's not really because <laughs> those people aren't living the values. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. In the um, Culture Code book, the opening anecdote from the book um, was uh, this pastor building challenge. Um, and mm. these kindergarten kids... Uh, we're getting together and, and um, trying to beat the these CEOs and um, uh, and all these other high high profile successful people were in different teams um, trying to work together to build this um, the biggest building in a certain amount of time out of pasta um, oh. and time and time again the kinder, kindergarten kids won um, they built the the tallest building um, you know even though like they were not as uh, you know, life savvy and, and intellectually sort of uh, mature um, compared to a lot of the people that they were um, going against. And um, uh, the idea and the thought behind this was that there was no hierarchical sort of um, social order in the kindergarten kids. So they were just like uh, yeah. really um, chipping in when they felt like they had to. And they were just like, uh, they said something if they felt, or they, you know, they would, you know, try to, you know, put something there. If it wasn't working, they would go, okay, that didn't work. So let's try a next thing. And they, so they all creatively like, um, chipped in together, um, and worked together. Whereas like they thought that with a lot of the other, um, uh, groups that they were sort of stuck to the social norms were like, oh, I, I better not say anything. Um, because that's that person's role. So then they hold back and maybe that led to some inefficiencies for that particular challenge um and yeah so I, th I thought that was like a really cool example because like it shows how um that idea of like a, a collaborative team uh where mm. you're all contributing to to um the the the, the group success like rather than a, an authoritative figure um you sort of telling you what to do um i think coaching some kind of need is sort of surpassing that um ideal like really effective coaching and and if you can establish a group where everyone feels like they're safe enough and their opinions and and their voice is heard enough um and they feel like they belong enough that they can chirp up and say something um yeah. then and feel like they belong in the team and their their opinions and are valued then like you're more likely to uh have a more well-oiled team that um yeah like is more likely to um work together um and and produce um and and help each other out and and ultimately get better better outcomes uh so i thought that was an awesome example because it, i don't know i, I was shocked <laughs> yeah it's yeah it is funny because um yeah in in, in organizations and when you're working with <laughs> people's egos can really get in the way and they're not willing, and you know, or or people maybe just look to others as to well, they they sit here, so let's just let them dictate it rather than 
if they're in that trusted environment, they go, well, I'll have a crack and I'll, I'll say, I'll say this out loud and, and have a voice. And I think that's just ultimately what people want to be, you know, they want to be seen yeah. and heard and they don't want to just, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, giving people a voice and, and I think, you know, as a, as a coach now, um, and I've, I've been fortunate, I've never really had a coach that it's been an authority for coach where I've always felt like I could give some feedback. I think under Craig, um, you know, we'll talk a bit more about um, coaching, um, you know, being coached by him, is that he was he was pretty strict and, and um, he had a process, but there was always open dialogue as to, okay, oh, I feel like this or why don't we try this? And um, there was always that open door sort of policy um which yeah did make you feel um yeah that you were seen yeah no that's 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 great like um like and i think i think um the idea that because a lot of people are like oh okay a strong culture um you know must must just be rainbows and unicorns and like they all get along and um there's no disagreement but that's hardly the case there's um a lot of the a lot of like teams with good culture um they kind of like uh rejoice in like um like trying to find you know an a more accurate answer like they're they're trying to solve hard problems together with people that they respect um and they're just not getting personal about it like they're putting yeah. their egos aside and they're disagreeing in a loving way trying to find a better outcome to the problem and um and because you know each other respects each other like everyone respects each other um mm. and they know they know the purpose of it it's like they're not doing it to be to be offensive or um put someone out it, they're doing it to try to help you um yeah so i, I think that's that's a that's um yeah you, like i i reckon I I, yeah i think once you can establish a team or a, a team that you coach like that is like that like that doesn't feel like they just listen and and then they don't talk up and but they feel like mm. they, they can actually honestly disagree with you um and and you know that they're doing it because that, that they they're yeah legitimately concerned about like the training that you've set um mm. and then you just sort of you know talk about it and and try to work out you know and take it on board and um and the best coaches can can admit to go oh, okay yeah hang on maybe i'm a bit bit wrong here like maybe yeah you might be right um and and that only strengthens the bond. hundred percent. I mean, you, you know, you're obviously coaching some juniors and there's so many, I mean, in coaching everyone is such a, a individual. <laughs> when you're talking running, uh, you're talking any, actually you're talking all sports, but you know, we, we just deal with, um, you know, the fact that there is just not one size fits all approach. And we will definitely and I'll, we'll, we'll openly say that, yeah, we don't have all the answers and we are trialing things. And for some some athletes, it just doesn't work that way. So we, we may just get it wrong. And being open and honest to your athlete and saying, hey, we, we've tried this. And, it, and if they challenge you on something, say, hey, you know, yeah, if, if this is what you think and I, I'm happy with it and you can sort of have that conversation as to, okay, yep, that, no, that makes sense. If, if you're feeling that way, we can adapt, we can change the program. and. Yeah, it's it's a it's just an ongoing thing, and I think good cultures um, have that ability to to always be looking to to get better and improve. 
and I think as coaches, yeah, we're, we're obviously, I know myself and you were chatting about our athletes and challenges and just learning off each other and other coaches in, in various walks of life. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, uh, like, and then I wanted to like shift the topic a little bit to like with your online coaching, Zaka, like you said that you've tried to build descent, the idea of team and community um, amongst it because you see the value um, in, in that, like, how have you done that? Yeah, it was it was always going to be a probably a, a, a definitely a challenge because we are different in that you you your group you you guys will meet up on a Tuesday or a Thursday on a Saturday in person in the flesh, and you get to whereas our athletes are scattered all over the world, but um, predominantly Australia, but we have got um, a few quite a few international. But I guess when we started this taking it back three, three plus years, uh, we were all, uh, the coaches have all been athletes in groups and now they're coaching effectively individuals um, who have yeah, had joined up and needed guidance from a running point of view, needed some structure. But we also wanted them to feel like they were part of a, a wider community and as a team because I know even seeing I've even experienced it myself going to events that I didn't have, say, AV runners there or yourself or other groups, and you rock up to a fun run and you're like, it's different than when you go to an AV right? and you go put the, the bag down in the tent. You know? And it's just like, yeah. it's almost you put a mark in the ground. You go, okay, cool. Oh, there's someone else in my uniform. I know, oh, yeah, I can, I can openly go and chat to them. Go to a fun run and you've, you've been training by yourself for the last three months. Then you go, you rock up, and, you know, you might have a, partner or family or friend who may, you know, <laughs> might, might be there. Maybe they just drop you off and go, yes, good luck. <laughs> and then, yeah, you get there and it's like, oh, well, there's all these other people here and I'm, I don't, I still feel a bit disconnected. So a big thing for us was like, well, okay, we're coaching online, but we need to get a sense of team together. So, you know, we use the hashtag Team Run TV with a real purpose because we then wanted to back that up and say, okay, when you sign up, you are allocated a coach, but you're part of a wider group. Uh, and so you're added into the into the various groups, the Facebook, the Strava groups. Then we, we're constantly contacting them with emails and saying, hey, look, you know, this is what the group's doing. Let's celebrate these achievements. Then through what we what the biggest joy we get as coaches, as as, um, as Matt uh, Brady and myself who, and, and Gemma who started Run to BB, seeing that other runners who have signed up to run to are, are commenting on other run to BB athletes on Strava. That just gives us huge buzz and they haven't met each other and they're just getting behind them and saying, well, you're from run to BB. I'm run to BB. I'm supporting you. I'm following your journey. And we've done that through the podcast, Like the podcast has been quite big for us in that we want to share stories and make sure they do feel like they are part of something. And, you know, losing out, losing the ego about, you know, we've probably been around other runners who would traditionally just look at the faster runners and just celebrate those achievements. Like we actually want to learn their stories and find out because there's so much to it and then celebrate those. So that's how we've done it online um, and it's continually evolving. So we're, we're doing more now, now COVID's over and we can, there's more events, we do more catch-ups. So we're at Gold Coast marathon next weekend and we'll have a catch up there there's a heap of you know there's, there's athletes that have followed each other for the last two years and now they're all going to be in the same spot and they're going to catch up and say hey cool you know i actually get to finally 
do a, do a shakeout job and, and meet you. So, yeah, it is kind of cool that, to see those things evolve. Oh, that's, yeah, that sense of belonging to, like, a, a bigger group, like, just, yeah, gives you that sense of purpose as well. Like, I've just mm. seen it in, even in the group that I coach down here, and I mentioned it off-air just quickly before. Um, there was a session a couple of months ago where everyone was getting around everyone. Um, like, um, we had eight 400s and there was eight guys and um, everyone gave each other a high five after every rep, which seems tacky and corny um, when you reflect on it. But I don't know, it was kind of cool. Like, there was this um, energy amongst the group where everyone was helping everyone, everyone was aware of everyone. You felt like, you know, we are all helping each other like a team and you felt like you were... I don't know, supported and it just just helped you get through the session. It was a hard session, so we're doing this hard session together. Um, but kind of brings you closer together and um and and you could definitely feel the 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 nice cohesive sort of um collaborative team effort out there and it made it easier. Like it just made it easier. Mm. Um and uh yeah, and and then even just um, you know, um the little sort of um uh mantras and and little things that people sort of say out there like in the little quips that that people say like mid-rep or you know <laughs> just between reps like just it just um helped like it gave you got got you around and you're like oh yeah so and so is you know actively involved here and um yeah it it, it, it was uh, it makes it good fun and it got heaps of moments like that with you you and mattress um back in the day um uh but yeah, being able to share the experience collaboratively with other people, um, uh, yeah, just helps you build momentum. But then it's also like, um, yeah, my experiences with Mattress when we're coached by Pete, like Pete was a great coach and he'd often come up with like these sayings like make consistency your middle name or um, mm. uh, one more brick in the wall um, or view the week as a, as, as a whole. Um, uh um, you know, to, you know, it's not, it's not race day today. Like, and just these little yeah. quick, like little comments that you suddenly, you just, like, I can still remember them. And, um, mm. it was ages ago. Um, but there's just been embedded in my brain as, as these quick sort of, um, heuristics to sort of navigate like some uncertain times. Um, and like those little mantras help, um, in teams because, they help sort of bring everyone in the same direction so that you, you keep working together and you're not, you're all on the same page. Um, and yeah, you're working collaboratively together with the, with the same sort of ideology and, um, uh, view on things. Um, uh, and it, yeah, cause it does get hard out there. So. Oh, it's, yeah. And we're talking about, you know, distance running where there's a lot of lonely days out there and the recovery runs and the days in between sessions and, no, Dave, and I really just going back to your what you've established at Run Culture, and I know you know we could probably talk about the name, yeah. <laughs> which is quite apt with uh, with where you wanted to take it. But uh, you know, I, I jumped in with you. I would have been a couple of months ago now, and uh, did a few workouts on that Saturday morning. And I think at the start of the podcast, we were talking about that that feeling of reverberation, and and I could feel it in the group because. Uh, instantly, in a way, I was like, oh, wow, these guys have got a real, real connection here. Like the way you warmed up together, it was laughing the whole way. No one was actually talking about, I've been in groups in the past where you've got a session day and it's quiet because everyone's nervous. 
<laughs> and they're like, oh, there's a big session coming and there's, you know, you get a little bit, and maybe you're just waking up, it's a Saturday morning, but yeah. everyone was really up and about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to get my uh, get levels up here as well. And it's just <laughs> the energy. I was like, well, geez, I've got, you know, this this energy is, is, is really intoxicating. And then we got to where you'd planned the session and then there was um, – we couldn't get on the oval. Remember the, oh, yeah. the famous grass track? Yeah. <laughs> but, what, what, but what you did is within, you know, within five minutes, you'd come up with a quick resolution. You said, no, nah, we're just going to, we're going to pivot here. We're going to put the cones around here. Uh, you ran out and put the cones out. Everyone was just like, there was no confusion. It was like, okay, cool. And you just, just went with it. And I thought that was that when you think about it, that's good culture because there wasn't people just sort of splitting off and you weren't sort of hesitating. You just made a call. Everyone was believed in it, followed it. And then we did the session and I know had a great, and there was different abilities. Like, you know, I was well off the back and you had some of the young bucks that were flying around. But when we did the warm down, yeah, no one was talking about really, you know, everyone was asking how the session worked, but it was a, it was a 30 second, one minute sort of thing. Yeah. And then it was on to, what are you up to for the rest of the weekend? Or uh, we were talking, I remember we were just talking about footy or we talking about just other aspects. And you could see that that was, you had a connection that was just outside of the performances. Yeah. And that's that's really impressive, I think, for young, for young kids in particular, in particular because... You know, as you know, when you're a junior, the injuries come along. It's it can be times where yeah, you're just not running uh, at the top of your game. You want to come back. You don't want to be in a group where everyone's really only talking about performances. You know what? That session we um had Jolly McGill there, and uh, yeah, I, I, Jolly, I, I yeah. wanted to like like there's there's almost like this thing called the Jolly McGill effect where he comes to training mm. and um he's a really good listener and he's really sociable yeah. and. He's a really good conversationalist and uh, he, you know, takes an interest in, you know, whoever's new in the group or, or anyone really. And he, and he can um, yeah. really have a good chat and, um, and show a genuine interest. Um, uh, and, and then, and, and I think, yeah, he was, yeah, probably talking about, I think we were talking about how could athletics be um, bigger, <laughs> and, bigger and better and, um, uh, and even the business side of, of um, mm. certain certain sports and um, but then even the chat that we had um, after like when we went for brunch that morning yeah it got pretty yeah. pretty deep and philosophical at at, mm. at at sometimes and everyone was being like everyone was like feeling safe enough to express generally what they thought uh, which was cool mm. and it, it meant that we had like a pretty pretty fun chat I reckon like. Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think they're pretty used to me, like, um, I don't know, um, being a bit disordered and um, uh, coming up with stuff on the fly. Um, and uh, <laughs> like, um, but like, I, I think that's, um, that's, I guess like, a, yeah, maybe that has bred like a bit of re- resilience and um, um, yeah. amongst the squad. Yeah. Well, in this in this book I'm reading, um, which is which is based on um, it's called Legacy by James Kerr, and it's basically what the All Blacks can teach us about the business of life. So this guy, high performance coach, spent some time in the camp with the All Blacks, wanted to just study this performance um, performance culture that they developed because the All Blacks um, basically known as the 
you know, it's iconic in terms of world sport, you know, global brand alongside, you know, your, your Yankees, Celtics, you know, like everyone knows your All Blacks, but they're, the, they're basically known as the highest, have the highest winning percentage of all teams in any sport. You know, it's like 70, 77% or something, um, which is huge. So they've just, and there's all these aspects that a lot of the business world have taken on because of they've gone, oh, well, they do these things in their culture that gets high performance and whether it's the ceremonies, the rituals. Uh, and, and, and one of the big things and what the story leads with is about um, humility and uh, this thing where, and, and this was your sort of moment when you picked up the cones, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> they, it's this famous, uh, uh, famous event that happened after a big game of rugby in England where you know, a reporter was hanging around the sheds after you know, they're called sheds over there, the change rooms, and they saw some of the best players on the field, the leaders. You know, they had a few beers, they were relaxing after the game, and then they got um, they got brooms out and started sweeping the sheds and started cleaning out, like literally cleaning up the sheds after the game. And these, you know, these these people were like these players were absolute you know global stars or in, in the rugby world, and the reporter just. Blown away, and then you know they were sort of asking them what, what, what's going on, and their sort of mantra was that you know they do when they do things they do it properly, and then they when they sweep the sheds, they're basically signifying that no one no one else has to look after the All Blacks. You know the All Blacks look after themselves, and also that they're not big enough to do the small things. And, yeah, you know, yeah, they have the humility, and I think it's um you know it's, it's pretty. Pretty common people have heard this story, but I think it's so powerful. And I think, you know, the way they've, they've kind of um, got this instilled in their culture and they talk about basically making people better people, make better all blacks. Yep. So it's about being, you know, and it's like a run, you know, you can't just teach people to you know, get get a program and expect that they're going to run fast. There's all these aspects to it, you know, so better people make better runners. And, yeah. and I can see what you're doing with your group along the same lines. No, that's 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 cool. Like um, it's pretty similar to one of the quotes I had from Dan, the Dan Coyle book, um, Culture Code. Um, one of the mm. quotes was um, uh, give a good idea to a mediocre team and they'll um, find a way to screw it up. Uh, give a mediocre <laughs> idea to a good team and they'll find a way to make it better. Um, mm. The goal needs to be to get the team right, get them moving in the right direction and get them to see where they are making mistakes and where they are succeeding. Um, and then another quote was, why do certain organisations become greater than the sum of their parts while other groups fall short? Um, mm. And I, I think like they're good ones to show that it's not just all about the training um, and it's not just all yeah. about um, the talent of the athlete. Um, like it's, it's not all about like just those, those parts that so often that's what we sort of talk about. Um, I think there's, you know, a bit more to it and it's how um, sort of successful outfits gel um, as well. Um, and it's, that's a good um, like, training metric uh, or a skill to develop. You can develop culture, like it's a skill. Like it's not mm. just some people have it and some people don't. It's um, even like um, I heard on Dan Coyle on a podcast um, just today, actually this morning and mm. he said, how often do we like, and this is, this is I'm guilty of this. I, like I often, oh, I've got to strike up some chat with um, 
some of the boys at training. Um, so I'll just mm. ask about their day. And you, yeah. you go, oh, how was your day? It's, it's such an un, uninspiring chat. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like it's yeah. authority. It's authoritative. It's one way and it's not mm. like, and like it, it's okay. Like, yeah, great. You're showing an interest. But he said like maybe a, a, a more inspiring chat would be like you come up with like something that happened in your day that was um, that, mm. that makes you vulnerable and, and it, it's something that you might have stuffed up or or yeah. um or you could have done better and then people you know sort of go uh sort of it, it instigates people to let their guard down feel safe and and then feel mm. feel feel like laugh a bit and um and then they sort of share a story as well um uh so yeah that yeah i think i, th I think the um that that idea of um yeah like show, showing a bit of vulnerability from the top um is a good one because um and I've certainly seen that just with um, time and time again, like, you know, five to 10 times a day, I, I, I do an appointment with a, with a patient and, mm. and that first minute or two, um, and the, and you can really like change the energy and the mood in the room, um, oh, yeah. by, by, by how, how you sort of conduct yourself. It, it, I, I don't do notes until I finish an appointment. Um, and, and if I've made sure I've read the notes on that patient before they come in, if I've got notes, um, and the more prepared I can be, the better. Um, if I've looked at their Strava, um, if I've chatted to their coach, um, uh, the more prepared, because it's, it's, you've shown an interest. Like people, yeah. like you see that their eyes light up when you're like, oh, you looked at my mm -hmm. Strava? Oh, um, and <laughs> like it, yeah. you're showing that um, you care, but you're also showing um, showing that you're, oh, I don't know, like you're just a, authentically um, about there with them you know and and you and they they um feel like you know they belong to the i don't know like it, it's it's a nice nice feeling and then they buy into oh yeah this is this guy legitimately want is working with me um mm. yeah no it's, it's spot on i mean I, I even look at um you know and, and I've, i'm not effectively i'm not part of a of a serious tra a training group per se but i've got multiple people I, I, I do train with over you know, in, in various different nights and I've got a couple of training partners that um, quite, um, yeah, obviously quite consistent with, but every month on Monday night at the 10, we have a group that's, it's been going for 10, 10 plus years and, and they're from different groups, uh, different runners um, sort of who are in the area. And we all know we meet at the corner at um, 5, 5.30 at the tan and we run laps some people come in and out you know some are working later so they'll join for a lap and it's evolved over probably longer than that i'd say probably 15 years and um there's some constants but you know even um i know now you know we generally have five to eight people and and there's always banter from you know how it's and and we have the culture yeah people are vulnerable there because we either some 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 runs there's just a lot of banter and there's you know the whole group standing other times you have what two people split off, you know, a couple of people just on the back chatting and having a serious conversation, or you might be venting about um, work issues or things at home. And, um, you know, it's a chance and that culture is like, well, yeah, this is a chance to kind of, okay, get away from, um, you know, we're, we're doing a training run, I get You know, it's, it's an easy run. It's not a dialed in session. So you can talk about anything and everything. And it's, um, it's an open, you know, an open space. And I know, you know, even thinking back to um, earlier this year and through this year, you know, as you know, Dan, I went through some personal things with a, with a separation and that group 
was huge for me because, you know, I would get there and there's some days I didn't feel like talking about it. So the guys didn't talk, you know, and it was always, I felt comfortable. And then when there was something to kind of chat through or workshop, rather than bottling it up, you didn't feel like you were alone. And that kind of culture is, you know, so important to develop. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I even, like, without naming names, I remember, like, like having been part of groups where, um, the culture kind of fell apart and, um, yeah. and like it just dissolved because it's always something that you have to like keep, keep, you know, it's evolving and it's changing. You have to keep working on it, like to keep that, that culture like upbeat. Um, but you know, I've, had, I've been involved with groups where it's sort of, um, for one reason or another, um, you know, we lost it and, um, and suddenly it wasn't, it didn't feel like, like a, a, a place where I could like just have a chat after work and, and, um, uh, and 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 be really open and 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 get get that uh, yeah that that um that important sort of aspect that running becomes you know like it's not just mm. all about performance there some of your your closest mates that know you really well and um, often they're your sounding board like uh, for a lot of things and um, uh, yeah so like you know there there are, there are you know, like that that um, social aspect, like um, and and how the running group can help you through tough times, like um, mm. such a big part. Like, um, but it's all like that. That's what's that's that's the special part about um, a team like that that had like that you feel like you can be yourself with, because then you you're just more likely to be happy and and performing well. Um, uh, you know, when if we look at it through a performance lens, um, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and particularly in running where, you know, it isn't a team. I mean, not to say there's not a team. It's not well known as a team sport, but there is so many aspects that we need to, and I think, you, you know, you're seeing it and other people are seeing that the elements you can bring to it to ensure that, look, if, you, if you're longer in the sport, you're enjoying it, you're happier, you're going to run more, which is, generally going to mean a better outcome yeah. um, if you're running safely and, you know, in a smart training phase. But the, you know, I think I've been in those situations. Yeah, you've, you've had, I've had people join into groups, a running group, you know, and they have wanted to race sessions and then it's been competitive and they didn't, they want to push each other, but then they weren't really embracing the common goal and became a bit selfish. And you could see that sort of rupture through the group. Um it is unique that, like, you train with your competitors, yeah, in a sense. Yeah. So, like, AFL players don't train with the players they're going to, like, line up against on the weekend. Like, you train within your group, whereas, yeah, on the on race day, it, it is sort of gloves off and anything yeah. goes yeah. as long as it's there. And, but that, that, to me, is when you've got a good group is that you afterwards really, you know, it's – doesn't even get mentioned. It's you know, yeah. it's more yeah, all done and, and you know, and on to the next one because well, it's not more uh, like you respect. You're like, oh, far out, you're awesome. Like, oh, and you're yeah. kind of like um, sharing the joy of that. You know, that guy that yeah. you train with all every all the time. You're like, far out, it's working for them. You almost get belief mm. that you can do it because they're doing it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, um, and it's almost like, well, yeah, um, you don't. You look at it and you've got to, I guess, look inwardly and say, okay, they can do it, I can do it, or what do I need to do to improve rather than yeah, getting caught up on what someone else is doing. And I think 
also that adage, you know, you're only as good as your last race. And, you know, yeah. if you get in, get in a group where someone, you know, other, other people are a bit sort of arrogant about it and they don't have the humility that, oh, well, you know, you, things can happen and you do go down the chain and you want to still be supported when you're down the chain. Um, yeah. So, yeah, not getting caught up in like, oh, well, this is the fastest person. So they dictate everything. I think having that, um, yeah, a nice collaborative approach really helps in the running group. Um, like I, I've been, um, I've worked at various physio practices and, and all have had pretty good culture, but then some have been a bit more sort of um, biased towards monitoring um, their employees' statistics, so how often they see certain patients and, and whatnot, and some do it every month. And I was never good at my statistics because I'm not very businessy. I sort of yeah. never would like force someone to book in. I, I'd educate them on what I thought was going on but leave that whole process of booking into the patient and, and felt like it was their decision. So my stats were never good, but um, my, my energy that I brought to the appointments and the, and the clinic was like high and, and I gave it everything. Um, mm. It was interesting how some, some physio practices reward uh, performance and, and, and stats um, a lot more than um, the, the energy that some employees bring to the clinic. Um, and that, that really, like in the time that I was at some of those clinics, I saw a high turnover of staff um, yeah, because right. it did affect, you know, um, staff morale. Um, uh, because uh, in a way, yeah, like you, you're kind of always just focusing on, um, like that's what you're getting judged on. And, and whereas like, it, 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 um, I think, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, and, and I think that that same, I raise that example for a reason is like a lot of running groups can be similar um, where um, mm. it's, it's not a sort of a, as much a collaborative, collaborative effort. Um, and uh, like, I think if, if someone's yeah. like struggling in one way, like, um, uh, yeah, you, like, um, I don't know, you, you probably like, I, I feel like you want to, um, yeah, get around them and, uh, yeah. Uh, and make them feel like um, safe and, and, and not worried about what they're struggling with um, and and then, um, yeah, work with them. Because mm. it's so objective. If, you, if they're just looking at the time and they're looking at the session and going, oh, my sessions, I used to run this, you know, quarters in this time, now I run this time. This weekend I ran this time. And that's all they're thinking about. Uh, yeah, it's it can be... If you don't have the people around you supporting you, you're going, well, hang on, you've got to take a holistic view. You've got to yeah. look at what are we doing outside? What is what are the, what is the goal down the track? You know, we're here. We're, how are we going to get a bit further down? And what are the things we're doing towards it? And having a group that's sort of on the journey with you. And I think what I'm seeing with, with you guys, um, that's definitely happening. I was going to ask you about um, in this in the book, uh, rituals is a big thing. And you've, you've obviously seen that. Um, the key, the the All Blacks do the Haka. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, one of the most intimidating things you'd, you'd see in world sport. And um, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Uh, in the book, it talks about um, yeah why you know basically I mean the, the the reason that they do the Haka and all obviously the cultural reasons behind it, but that the what it um, what it does about how it connects to their purpose 
and it yep. connects to the core of their culture. And it actually, like the noise, is meant to summon up their ancestors from the earth to aid them in battle. Yeah, and to sort of intimidate the competition and then bond with one another. Yeah, so yeah, it's really that sound and that, um, and it's also yeah the translation. A lot of the meaning is around life being fleeting, and we have a fleeting moment in the sun, and uh, it's sort of ending with that's our time, it's our moment, um, which is you know pretty. <laughs> if you get that that sort of feeling before a game, you, you, you're probably going to win eighty percent of games. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, rituals, there's another one that they talk about in the book around each player when they become an all-back, um, you know, the, the idea is to, to leave the jersey in a better place and you, you know, the, when you get it, you want to leave it in a better place. So you kind of get it passed down. So holding, having that legacy, um, they get, you're given a book which has got the origins, um, like it's got every year, talks about... Um, where they've come from, their principles, the heroes, the values, the standards. But then it actually, the rest of the pages are blank and it says, well, they're waiting to be filled by what you can do, um, which is kind of cool. And, you know, I think, you know, is there anything that you're doing? I know you've got your singlets, like that's a that's a good sort of sign of, a, of your culture of being part of the team. But can you think of things that you, you're doing? Yeah, the singlets was, was what I was thinking about, like, when you were talking. Um, it's kind of, like, feels like it's, like, the baggy green, like, um, yeah. you're trying to make it, like, yeah, like, people proud to wear it, and mm. and they are. Um, uh, de- definitely that um, uh, aspect. Um, and then... Even the, just the rituals of, like, you're, you're, meeting, you're doing group park runs or you're meeting in the same spot or you're doing yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, a, Fernie, a nice yeah, they've started doing Fernie um, and then they all catch up for breakfast after. So sort of what we mm. did. Um, yeah. But yeah, those regular training venues. Um, but also just like the, um, yeah, the mantras really. I think they serve the same purpose. Mm. Like it, it's like, oh, another brick in the wall. Because I really want them to, like I often say that, oh, that session, yeah, just another brick in the wall, like after a session. like mm. um, So once we've ticked the session off, um, just so that they go okay it's just a small piece to the the house that they're trying to build and just so that they view the purpose of each session as just a small thing like don't get over over excited like um keep a lid on it um yes yeah i like that yeah Yeah. and like uh and just so they know that like you're only going to build a house if you're consistent um and um so if you just keep putting that brick in the wall one one session at a time so i feel like okay it instills a really good um meaning and, and thing that I want them to understand. Um, so often saying that and, and a few of them have caught on to that. Um, and then, yeah, we're called the owls. Um, and, uh, why did I come up with that name? Like, I feel like, like owls are really wise. Um, and they think about things before uh, that, that, that's what they're sort of renowned as like really wise. Like they, they sort of sit and watch and, um, and they're quite deliberate with their decision-making. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Pete sometimes says, "Oh, like oh, we all fly together." Um, so, like, there's just a yeah. few things that you start saying, and and then they catch on, mm. and and as as corny as they sound, like you, you, it does. Um, some of them stick, to be honest. Um, well, that's and, it. Yeah. yeah, they can they can be corny if they're up on a wall and you don't like, <laughs> leave them. But yeah. if you're actually really, they start to come through, and you start to say them over and over and leave them. 
then I think they, they have an impact. I remember, um, yeah, like a lot of the stuff when I was training with, with, with Craig Mottram's group is that like he was obviously, you know, we, we grew up as running fans and then obviously getting opportunity through, you know, just through various I'm really remembering how it came about, but to sort of train um, with him when he was sort of ending his career um, and trying to make the marathon team and seeing how, the, the, even in that stage, you know, he, he'd sort of been obviously past his, his heyday, but he had this unbelievable belief that he could do it still. And he would tap back into that, you know, and it was like this, he had that whole group buy in and his big thing was about just like, you know, why not? You know, why not, why can't you run this? You know, you, you, you'd sort of say he would challenge you to, to really think bigger and have a go at it rather than just sort of put yourself into a, into a kind of a, into a box and being like, oh, well, I think in this AV race I can finish in the top 20. He's like, well, why can't you finish in the top five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's stopping you? Um, yeah. And you, you, then you just, you know, it would take a few times and then you, you know, you'll you work out and then, you know, you, you're going really well. Like, and it wasn't just saying things to say, it was, it was, you believed it and it was actually becoming true. So yeah, yeah it was quite interesting how he did that. And the other thing about Craig is um, he was big on integrity in the group and like he kept the group quite small and um, it was selective. Like when we, started you know we had coffee and he was pretty upfront about you know we, we will when you train it's it's we want to you know he knew i wasn't a professional athlete but yeah. he wanted the standards because there was um athletes that were you know, probably semi-pro at the time or trying to make it um kelly etherington was running pretty much full time then and two young guys the shores and marty mashford and it was, a, it was a bunch that were like on the brink trying to make it and he just, yeah, he was relentless about, you know, that, and a big thing was like the group being on time. Make sure you're on time and prepared. Don't just rock up two minutes beforehand and get out of the car. And, you know, and then when I did sessions with him, I know yeah, he was there 15, 20 minutes beforehand and he was up there. He was really dialed in on those days. And that was just the professionalism he carried. Yeah. Uh, and that, that breeded like that high performance environment where we switched on. We did uh, the social things afterwards and we took coffees and we, you know, we caught up. Actually think back to the group because he wanted the group to be as one. Like we were really, he was really keen for everyone to support each other. And I remember Frankie Conway, <laughs> he did rock up for an AV race late and like, you know, we literally, you know, the Elbert Park, he was getting off the tram as people were like, Doing strides down there, <laughs> running across, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" Because I, you know, I was warming up and thinking, "Where's Frankie? Where's Frankie?" Anyway, throws his bag down, does about you know half a stride into a you know he's trying to run thirty minutes and three minute K first up, and he was gone. And like, yeah, Craig absolutely went through the group after that and on the Tuesday and said, "Look, this is not acceptable. You know, if you if people in this group want to run the absolute best." Like he didn't expect everyone to go to the Olympics, but he wanted everyone to get the absolute best out of themselves. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would you? Why would you sort of starve yourself of that opportunity just by being late when you can organise yourself and go? Well, I'll go to bed half an hour earlier, but maybe if I need more sleep. So those things are, um, you know, really 
really in that in that high performance environment. Yeah, and I think yeah, like like you said, like he like that brutal honesty, like like you 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 need to have established like a good rapport and and like that nice sort of um uh like show show that you're like you know you're very much like. Lo- lo- loving your group and and and, you, and uh, as a coach, like you, you show that you care um, for the mm. athletes, and then they they can see that, so they feel feel like um, and and then they'll li- you know they'll listen um, uh, and because like you need to still have that um, ability to uh, say those hard things, like those hard truths, and mm. um, uh, uh, because that like um, you know if it's um, not sort of like if it's not what the um culture stands stands for um and and you, and, he, and through his experiences he's seen like you know that as inconsistent with the direction of the group like um those behaviors yeah. like um you kind of need to like just let the group know that um uh but then you've established enough of a rapport that um yeah the, the group sort of uh responds and and uh, understands and then you you go out for for brunch and have a laugh um and yeah yeah for sure um, yeah. yeah no i think that's that's pretty it's yeah it was, it was really good leadership i thought um yeah the way he was everyone from that day onwards was were, were prepared they didn't they weren't late to races and yeah and i think it was more that it was it wasn't like there was a real method behind it, it was like he it was because he wanted the best out of everyone um, so yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It reminds me of like, because um, yeah, I'll keep referring to this culture code book, but there mm. was a great example of um, the restaurant owner, um, Dan Myers. Um, so he, he was really successful with all the restaurants that he opened and all the businesses that he created um, because he was this vibrant, energetic person um, and he just created energy with any business that he was a part of. And then he had these two new restaurants that he started and, and he, he tried to get them going and he wasn't there. Um, and, mm. and, um, there was a few, uh, I think there was a argument between a, a, a patron, a customer and, um, and a waiter. Um, and, uh, and there was a few, they just weren't going well. And he realized that, all right, I'm going to have to close these businesses and I'm going to go, uh, on a retreat with all the staff and I'm just going to, um, try to get them to, Take like get get some um, mantras that are, and and the sort of culture that I want to bring to the restaurant and and educate the staff on what these themes are and um, and he was really big on like creating rave reviews and and just get the the yeah. customer to leave feeling like um, they were just yeah it was a really a memorable experience and and get the waiters to um, feel like they were giving athletic hospitality. Um, so just mm. they were creating it like a competition and really trying to, um, uh, be there for the, the, um, the, uh, customers. Um, and anyway, like after this retreat, like it really changed the, the restaurants because suddenly, um, the, the waiters understood, they had like these, uh, understandings of what, what, um, the group and the, the restaurant stood for, um, and they had these like little quick um, mantras um, on on to quickly refer to if they were a bit stuck on on how they should act, um, 
Mm. So yeah, it's it's sort of in in a similar way, like a similar theme to what Craig was probably doing around, um, yeah, at that time. Uh, yeah, um, there was yeah, one other, uh, yeah. Oh, you you go, Zaka. I was just going to say it's it's probably a, a topic we could talk about on another day, but yeah. it's more about that expectation and that high performance of like um, going. And I think in the in the chap in one of the, the chapters in the book is just about the the purpose and how they champions do extra is what they one of the chap one of the themes is that the all blacks did and they they were just like you know we're not not just going to settle for and that's not in a running sense that doesn't mean you gotta run two hundred and eighty k weeks because that's <laughs> not actually the smart way to do yeah. extra but it's it's actually doing all these. Um, things to get better every day as people and as, as, as um, in that case, rugby players, but as an athlete. And, yeah, doing, you know, training under pressure and they talk about just, um, yeah, how they've developed that approach of, of really going, you know, and there's a quote in there that says, exceptional success requires exceptional circumstances. Um, so, you know, and I know there's lots of examples, like I said, we could, we could go on a, on a tangent here. Like, you know, you've seen the, some of the stuff with Michael Jordan and I know you've read, have you read some of Tim Grover's stuff? Yeah, his, a little bit. His personal um, trainer. Like, I haven't, I haven't uh, read that um, Phil um, Jackson book yet um, mm. that Mattress has been reading, um, but sounds good. <laughs> yeah, like even like when he was coaching, like personal coach for Jordan and Kobe Bryant, like he, you know, Michael Jordan was like, he wanted, he wanted to know about all this, like all the stats, not of the good things he did, but like things he was missing and how he could get better and what are the changes. Like, I think one of the things trying back, he got his Tim to like watch and count every step he took <laughs> in a game. This is before, you know, fit pits and, you know, the tracking devices. So then he could work with him to get a bit, you know, to work out the best angles to use and like how they could you know use less or more steps to improve like was, yeah they yeah. were going to that nth degree and um you know, yeah we talk about in running maybe over analyze things but it was more the whole thing of just wanting to get like you know 10 one percent is 10 percent you know so like wanting to get absolutely better at everything i think um, that, yeah phil jackson was real good um for the bulls um he seemed to like really understand that all the players were individuals like Dennis Rodman was different to a Michael yeah. Jordan and and so he treated mm. them differently um uh yeah and and that made them feel that they belonged and and they were being listened to and then you know as, as different as the whole team was um their coach I feel I feel like he was kind of like holding them together uh because mm. if you re- watch that um the last dance doco you like yeah I was surprised oh, at how authoritarian Jordan was um yeah yeah um mm. Uh, but like you know, obviously, uh, you know. But it was it was the contribution of the whole team, um, uh, and, and and I think good coaching, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like you look at some of the ways Jordan, you know, it was portrayed, but then he, he was steadfast in like he just wanted people to get better. Yeah, um, not necessarily. You know, sometimes could have gone about the wrong way. Yeah, but there is. A, other aspects where yeah we can't just have this like fluffy hey we'll have a good culture and we'll just hug everyone for everything <laughs> that's a good point and you don't stand for everything you know yeah. you've got to stand for you've got to have principles that stand for something and yep. draw a line in the sand and say hey you know 
rocking up two minutes before race. I'm not just going to go and say, oh, well, Frankie, next, you know, you've got to set down the, um, you know, set the tone and then everyone else sort of follows, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good point. I think, um, yeah, there must have been like, you know, various um, personalities um, in the team that modulated like it, um, Jordan's like um, uh, push, 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 push. Like we can, but mm. like also like Jordan's push like was, would get people to question like, oh, I could be better or I could do yeah. this, you know? Uh, so it like- Didn't he have it, the, like, the breakfast club where he said, oh, let's, let's everyone get fit. And if you meet at my place, we'll, we'll start training at 5 a.m. and then I'll, I'll buy you breakfast afterwards or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Like it, it was like, you know, yeah. we're all going to get better. And he would do it. You know, it's like, well, yeah. he's the best. Like, how do I get ahead of someone like <laughs> he's better than me? Like, this guy is so much better. And he's already he's doing more training than me or he's working harder. Like, it's, uh, yeah. So it was, it must have been inspiring to be around that, that kind of culture. I reckon we've yeah you chatted really well about it. Um, uh, I don't know if this is like too extensive. There was one other example. <laughs> um, yeah, well, and we've probably we'll, just thrown a lot of yeah. examples and yeah, but they're good. Like they're out, food yeah. food for thought. Like um, hmm. the last example was um, from the same book, Culture Code, and it was about um, Ed Catmull. Um, so he he was uh, really successful at Pixar, and he. Um, you know, they just went from blockbuster to blockbuster to blockbuster in terms of movies, um, Toy Story and um, and Toy Story 2. And so um, a real test in his ability to lead Pixar was he was um, uh, recruited by Disney when they were starting to, I think they sort of went through a bit of a drought um, in terms yeah. of real big hits. Um, so he went over with the same staff, um, uh, on the books, um, at Disney and, uh, tried to change the way the systems that they used, um, uh, and the environment, um, and the settings, um, uh, in, in Disney to, uh, foster like, um, more creative, um, uh, teams, um, and, and then ultimately, um, hopefully, you know, more successful, um, movie franchises. And it led to frozen, um, and, and various other blockbusters. Um, but, uh, the way that he said he sort of did it was he really was calculative with, um, uh, trying to get, um, the teams to, um, buy into things and feel a sense of ownership. So, yeah, I think it was really, um, deliberate with how he, uh, structured the environment in the building so um and it was i think it, was, it, it harks back to that kindergarten example to be honest um that i opened up the um podcast with um and so he just tried to give everyone a sense of ownership and and tried to break down any hierarchical control or authority um so that everyone uh, could like put their own spin on things and, and it got the creative juices flowing. Everyone sort of, you know, felt like they had a voice and was able to, um, say more things. Um, that's how I understood the, the story. Um, and, uh, it, it meant that they got a, a wealth of, um, uh, yeah, um, options, but it also got people to buy in, um, to the ideas and, and really, um, really um, passionately sort of, um, you know, think about things and, um, and work together as a team because they, they felt like they, you know, had a sense of control. Um, and 
I've, I've sort of used that idea and I know it's for, it's more sort of for creative purposes, like, um, mm. uh, but I've used that a little bit with um, the, you know, just giving a, a, a few of the roles um, that I do in, in with the, the guys I coach, like, um, so like um, Damien sometimes uh, runs a gym session and because uh, mm. he wants to head that way, like he wants to do sort of that kind of stuff long term. So giving him some like ownership of like the guy's training program here and there. Um, uh, Pete, you know, sometimes is the assistant coach. Um, uh, and, and, and I, I quiz him, Oh, what would you do in this circumstance? What would you give, you know, this guy now and, and here? Um, yeah. and sometimes he comes up with some great ideas and I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do that. Um, well, and, it's good for you, yeah. isn't it? To have a sounding board as well and to learn off each other. And I know in the, um, in this in this book that we're referring to, they um, they're, they're saying all blacks is um, passable, yeah. as in passable on. And they talk about yeah, leaders create leaders, you know, by passing on ownership and responsibility. Um, and I think it's really important. And I can see what you're doing there with with giving the guys a, a yeah a, that option, an opportunity to to take some leadership with it. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. It's a good skill to, to kind of put on because yeah, otherwise you, you know, it's easy just to rock up, sit back, and go. Oh, well, I'll just listen to what Dane says, and I don't yeah. really have any in, like you know. Then they've come in there with an, another sense of purpose. Like oh, well, I'm I'm actually feeling like I'm really contributing to the others as on top of um, yeah being part of the group. Yeah, and then yeah, ultimately creating um, better change in your athletes because they're actively mm -hmm. having to participate get involved and think about it and be a bit more independent um about the whole process um so you know like you're like long term creating athletes that can think for themselves a bit more because mm -hmm. um, you're not always going to be around um, um yeah. especially like um in running like you know you see them for a couple of hours um, on a Tuesday and a Thursday, and um, so they need to need to start taking some ownership and independence um, over time uh, as well. So it makes a lot of sense um, to do. But yeah, I, I, we're starting. I'm starting the waffle, um, and uh, but like I wanted this to be a massive episode because like I don't know my my name of the run group and my physio business and and everything is run culture, and it's a pretty special. Um, it's the one name that like really when I chose the name for like what I wanted to run under, like, um, mm. that's the one name that sang out to me. Um, cause it's what running has offered me. Like I've learned a lot about myself, um, through running and it's because of the cultural aspect that comes with it. Um, mm. and, it, and, and all the friends and, and, and experiences that I've had, you know, whether it's trips overseas or, or friends like you, Zaka, um, and the experiences that we've shared and, and the honest chats that it makes you have. Um, so, yeah, I, no, I think... I think we're, we're both on the same page there because we've been in the sport for a while and we've seen what it's done to our lives, what how much fun we've had and what we've how we've grown. And, yeah, we've, we've enjoyed our own individual performances, but on the flip side, we've probably enjoyed others and, uh, like, going on the journey and seeing others get the best out of themselves, whether it's running on and off the track and, you know. Um, and, then, yeah, sort of when I in, we run to BB, like, being able to just, I want more people to run, like, you know, whether it's with Melbourne University Athletics Club, which I'm involved with, like, 
people going to park right like yeah it, getting more people into the sport and um you know our podcast give a plug for for better wind running is is that that was you know that's the premise behind the podcast it's like we want people in the community and to to get run culture and i think what you're doing there with the particularly yeah in that young young space and there's a lot of there's a bit of media around um you know particularly groups in the you know maybe in the us and things like that which culture is horrible around the way they treat young um athletes and yeah it's good to have people who are you know so passionate like yourself at uh, doing it in a positive way yeah and i just yeah i'm i like um the idea that it's also just this left of field um uh often just sort of like oh yeah culture and just you mm. know that's as deep as you go um but it's good just good to have like a legit legitimate chat about the in in and outs of of building culture um and i think we've done it pretty good justice like in a in a roundabout way with lots of different stories um and, and i think yeah. like a lot of people um reverberate with like um you know some of the some of those stories and and get something from it like especially um they might be nodding their head or they might be um going oh yeah maybe that's an area where i could improve because like i think you know, you hear so many podcasts these days focusing on, on the type of training that you do and, and, the, and, mm. the, and the bigger sessions and the monster sessions and, and that's exciting and all, but, it, um, but do think like, um, uh, it's, um, something well, I think, that I think yeah. is a huge part that like, it, it's, it's worth putting it in lights and, um, just talking about it for a bit and, and, and how, how, how important it is to, um, just question or should I be working on, on, um, you know, my, my culture at work or, um, uh, in, in various teams that you're involved with, um, would that make a difference? I think now we're both in, a, in more of a cult coaching role where we're realizing that, you know, we've always known it's a holistic approach, but the, the impact of having everything outside of the program, um, uh, well-oiled machine like the term you like to use your term mate but um to have all that rolling is when people run their best and having that culture and whether you can do that within your team environment whether you can do it with the with the relationships and, and the groups you build uh, whether it's online to in, in a run to pb sense is um yeah i think it's it's, it's just an evolving conversation like we'll, we'll be learning and we're reading book we're like yeah. i like you say i don't listen I, te- I don't actually tend to listen to a lot of running podcasts i just want to talk about like times and their <laughs> training weeks like i want to hear about what like they're feeling either in a session or after like how they're getting the best out of themselves as people rather than just the yeah the technical nuts and night times because yeah doesn't it, it in the end of the day they're just times like yeah. really there's there's no real context to it so yeah i think we, we're both on the same page with uh, a lot of the yeah. <laughs> lot of the books and podcasts and things we're watching yeah 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 i think like the times are just sort of bit soulless and and they don't mean anything without the context and and the, mm. the blood sweat and tears and um the story behind it um and uh and and the banter and and laughs um, the mishaps and the, the good things and the bad things that came with it. Like, um, uh, so yeah, now nah, thanks for the chat, Zach. I really enjoyed it. And thanks uh, so much for, I don't know you, you did a fair, fair bit of preparation for this. So, um, good work, mate. Like, um, 
No, I enjoyed chatting, mate. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was like I said, good timing, and um, yeah, I know we'll we'll probably catch up for run soon, and um, yeah, be chatting more and more about this over run. Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah. thanks, mate. I'll, I'll wrap up, it up mate. there. Um, but yeah, um, I'll uh, see you see you at St Anne's. Yeah, I'll see you out there. Uh, yeah, on the fields of St Anne's. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty fun. laughs>